Welcome to Dapplin Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. How are you? No, I am actually thriving, I think. Like, I know I've said that a few times over the past few weeks. I was lying. But I think I'm, like, actually thriving now. Like, I've got my whole apartment redone. Um, I spent the whole weekend, like, washing laundry, washing dishes, like, just redoing everything in my apartment. They came and checked for lead today um, because they do that every three years, I guess. Um, the guy was super nice. He said that, like, it doesn't seem like there's an issue, but also, like, there probably is an issue in some frame and one of my, like, doors or my window because he said someone above me had that problem. But he was like, it's not like a moving out situation. It's just, like, they may have to change out your door. And so he was like, it shouldn't be a big deal or whatever. He's like, even if it's, like, the wall for some reason, like, they'll just, they have paint they put over it or they'll just, like, take out the wall and put a new one in but you should be fine i was like okay that sounds a little more dramatic than like just changing out a door frame but i guess that's fine too so we'll maybe see. maybe if they have to do that your rent will go down for a little bit while they're taking out your fucking wall maybe they'll put me in a nice hotel but maybe it's i'm really hoping it's if anything i'm hoping it's the closet by the stove because that door is a little off the hinge and always has been since i moved in and so, so like replacing that door would be nice right because like it's it's like the top hinge is like just angled off you have to like lift the door a bit when you open it and close it mm, and it's been that way since i moved in like i don't know what happened because it wasn't me um and it's like not the end of the world but if something's got to change that could change i'd be okay yeah um but since my life is very domestically boring, but I'm feeling better. How are you? Well, first of all, I just want to say welcome to the 250th episode <laughs> of Death and Aliens. Oh my God. That's so right? many episodes. So many episodes. How old am I? 75 now? Apparently. Ah, but happy 250. 250. Um, that's about how many episodes of Stargate SG-1 there are. Great. So we'll revisit this in five years. Yeah, no. There's like 213, actually. We're so prepared. We're so ready. Um, but speaking of Stargate and how many episodes there are, I went to Phoenix last week. And we've only, like, vaguely talked about this. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um... First of all, the line to me, Christopher Judge, was so much longer than I was expecting it to be. Um, Such a gem. Yeah. Uh, and he genuinely was, like, such a gem. Like, a couple people in line in front of me, there was this little kid in a Spider-Man costume who, like, wanted to show him something from one of the Marvel games because, you know, he's the voice of Black Panther and like he was like just genuinely so excited to talk to this kid and his like face lit up like the way that you know like you can't be faking that and then like um a couple of people in front of me there was a man who was visually impaired and he like was just like like took the guy's hands while he was talking to him so that he knew he was there and was just like really like super super nice um i made friends um, there was the guy in the guy in front of me in line. I feel so bad because he introduced himself to me, and I genuinely can't remember if he said his name was Chris or Greg because that was so long ago. Um, 
even though it wasn't it was like three days ago like, but my right yeah yeah um well, hi chris greg but he was wonderful he was like a year older than my dad and talked about like going to cons with his kids and so like he and i were talking about like me and my dad mm-hmm. and we just bonded and we were like talking and we were in line together and we were in line for like an hour and a half so that's we, how you form the strongest bonds yeah and he was lovely he is like a nuclear engineer and so he's way fucking smarter than i'll ever be but like he showed me pictures from his daughter's Didn't wedding he showed me pictures <laughs> from his daughter's wedding and he has um a picture of the core four cast members in their 1969 costumes and um christopher judge was the third autograph he had and amanda tapping's the only one he doesn't have yet all in that same 1969 photo oh so that was cool and then like the kids behind me were like making their own little video series they were like clearly like awkward like new never did this before didn't know how to like ask people questions um but they were adorable because they had a little shtick he was carrying around a wooden spoon and he was asking people what's the scoop of the day and 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 then he had christopher judge sign the wooden spoon it was precious um that is ridiculous and i love it more than anything in the world yeah um but christopher judge was so wonderful he was so funny and so humble and like i was talking to him about how we just love him so much and we wish i told him about the podcast gave him my business card we were chatting but um i was talking about how i genuinely think that like teal is a master class in acting because like he is not that person like he's so friendly he's so bubbly he's such a great like person emotionally yeah, yeah. and teal is so like serious and like and he was just like genuinely touched by the things that i had to say and um he also is literally got pythons for arms i like (laughs) it's oh it's a little intimidating but he was fantastic and he like was just like so sweet taking time to like talk to every single person um and right next to his table was the other table that i went to is ryan hurst and also at one point because they're both in the god of war series so that's why they were together at the con Mm-hmm. But at one at one point, Chris got up and hugged Ryan, and I got a picture of that, and that was the best. Um, but after I got out of the hour and a half line for Chris, there was quite literally no one in Ryan's line. Like his table was just empty. He was just hanging out at the table with his wife and their baby girl. And um, so I get over, I walk over to the booth, and I look at the pictures, and I just, I literally go, "Oh, thank God!" <laughs> and the the girl who was selling the pictures was like just left and i go sorry i was just afraid they weren't going to have any pictures of him as chick for the <laughs> autograph pictures and she was laughing she goes no she was like oh no i i understand because um she was like this one it's a picture from the mysterious benedict society she goes this one is brand new because i've been fighting him on it because it's my favorite my daughter's favorite show and i wanted him <laughs> to have pictures of it um so i take it over to him with the thing saying i'm gonna get the autograph and his manager is like oh my god i love when people want chick pictures and so i was like talking <laughs> to the two of them about how it was such a great role and i was talking to him about how much we loved the I, the fact that he like was in so much control of chick and the costume and the attitude and everything and then he and i had like a 10 minute in-depth conversation about the scene where he gets shot and the banter between him and alex 
God, I hope he doesn't listen because I really hated on Chick a lot. Not on Ryan Hurst, though, just on Chick. No. I was like, I hate him. He's the I worst. Told him. But you know, <laughs> you know how I was like, I want to be Chick Hogan. Um, <laughs> and um, he signed. So, like, when Christopher Judge signed the picture, he wrote Christopher Judge and then he wrote Indeed and then he wrote Teal. And, or no, he wrote, oh. he wrote Mary Kate, Love and Peace, Indeed from Teal or Christopher Judge, Teal. And Ryan wrote Mary Kate and then he wrote Boar Jerky. <laughs> and then inside the statement. Um, but then he also was just like, then I went to go take my selfie with him. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I why did I because I, I put my phone back in my bag as I was about to go take the picture. And then his manager was like, I mean, I could just stand there and pretend to take pictures of it, but like you paid for it. So I wouldn't really want to do that. Yeah. And so the pic the pictures of me and Ryan, he's just laughing in them because we just like <laughs> had such a good time. And I just they were Ugh. fantastic i love that so much they of the people that i've met for the podcast like i was so nervous when i met amanda because it was the first time mm -hmm. i like decided to talk to one of them about the podcast and um and the other i mean the other three like Ben was really, really great, um, and Joe was um, in the middle of a fight with his son, so he was really preoccupied and focused on that, but it was still interesting to have, like, a conversation with him, but these two were the ones who were just, like, so cool. They both took the business cards. They both talked to me about the podcast. Like, they just were fantastic. Honestly, I'm surprised you were able to even, like, talk to Richard Dean Anderson, so I'm, like, not at all surprised you didn't mention the podcast, so... Yeah, no, I almost like, passed out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could have died when I met Richard Dean Anderson. I literally immediately left Amanda tapping and started sobbing. This, <laughs> these, so, like, these two, I was much cooler. Good, Although, I, I think the hour and a half waiting for Christopher Judge was the only reason I was cool. Because if I had, like, not had to wait in line and I hadn't, like, worked myself up to being able to talk to him, yeah. I probably would have also cried. So... <laughs> Yeah, well i am proud of you and i'm jealous and i love that you met them and told them about us and hello if you're listening in the universe 10 years from now when you actually get to this episode that is really far in but yeah yeah that'd be fun well somebody's listening because we got some new followers on instagram so we did we got some new followers on instagram um our friend on twitter who said they were listening to the podcast um i was tweeting to them while i was in phoenix because they were worried about both me and christopher judge hydrating enough because it was fucking hot as shit there <laughs> look at you um, i love mm -hmm. it yeah i'm so, so disconnected from twitter i am I, I'm much better keeping up with Instagram, which is so unlike me. So, but yeah, but so everything is uh, great. And also um, it's wonderful that I'm in such a good mood because um, this episode has got some very, very me things happening. So in order to keep this mood going, can you give us some spiritual guidance, lift us up? I don't even know if I can. I can't. I just pull it. Up. Okay. All right. I don't think I've read this one yet. I'm going to say that for the next like three weeks until I start taking yeah. those down. All right. I'm rooting for you. You got this. The first step is always scary, but when you start to make yourself familiar with the ground you are walking in, you will eventually find yourself taking the path with ease. 
keep on trying, believe in yourself because somebody out there is rooting for you too. That's beautiful. Do we have an author on that one? No. Okay. I really thought it's from the universe. Beautiful. When you first said I'm I'm rooting for you, I really thought it was about to be a Tyra Banks moment. We were all <laughs> rooting for you. And I was like, oh, no, no, no drama today. No. I mean, lots of drama today, but not for me. <laughs> not for, just for me. I've just cried so much today. It's totally fine. I rewound this episode so many times. Um, <laughs> but I just kept rewinding different parts of it because I kept like missing something little because I was watching it at work as I do. And yeah. I just kept missing something. I was like, no. Like there was one scene I watched, I think, four times. I don't remember which one it was now. Well, this episode that Courtney rewound 52 times was uh, Stargate SG-1, Season 4, Episode 5, Divide and Conquer. It was only 8.0 stars, which feels criminal. It does. I would have 8.5, 8.6, no question. Yeah. I personally probably would have given it like a 9.2, but... That's fair. I need to see the rest of the season because, yeah. I mean, as of now, it's my favorite of the season. Right. But I don't know where we're going, and so like, I if this evolves more, that episode is going to be ranked higher. If it does not, That's this one's going to be totally ranked higher. fair. The only, I mean, this episode had everything that I care about, except there weren't a lot. There was no teal. Yeah. Good, like good teal, like no heavy teal. moments. <laughs> but last, I mean, but last episode was all teal, so there yeah. was. Some balance, which of course was great that that was the last episode I watched before I talked to him because then I talked about that. It's wonderful. Um, anyway, perfect. Time. This episode came out on July 28th, 2000. The number one book was the same uh, with uh, the Daniel Steele book. The number one movie, no, here's the thing I realized that the number one movie is skewed a little bit for the Stargate episodes because Stargate aired on a Friday. Mm. So a mm-hmm. lot of times, the number one movie for that day is very much based on the fact that people go to see new movies because the number one movie for this day, like the previous week was what lies beneath, which was released that day and it stayed at number two, Mm -hmm. but number one was because it came out this day was um, nutty professor to the clumps. Bless it. That all. even had it not come out this day, that movie did really well. I have I, did. I saw it once, but like I saw it way after it came out. Yeah. And it didn't like stick with me, but it stuck with a lot of people. It did. Um, I do remember that movie because Eddie Murphy plays like every member of the family. It was like Tyler Perry movies before Tyler Perry. It was right. <laughs> I was just about um, to say that. And I do quote this movie almost weekly because because in the scene where you're at when they're at there's a scene in the beginning of the movie where they're at the whole dinner table and he the the girlfriend's meeting the entire clumps family and all of them and they're talking about something that the little brother did that is not really that impressive but like the mom is acting like it's really impressive and she just goes hercules 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 and i do like everyone my dad used to quote that like every day i do say that more often than I should for someone who did not enjoy that movie. Right. Like, I didn't even realize it was from that movie because I saw it so much later. 
But yeah, I, that my dad must have seen it like the day it came out because I remember my childhood. That was like one of his constant phrases. Yeah, yeah, no, no, my my uncle, the one who I was with in Phoenix this weekend, that was, I think I got it from him. He did that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, good, good times. The number one song. Speaking of our childhood and feeling real old, because that's what okay. usually happens when we do this. Okay, I have a comment. You get that? I'm so sorry. I just remembered. The number one song on July 28th, 2000, um, there was some confliction. Some of the websites were saying that it was still the Matchbox 20 song from the week before. Mm-hmm. But the other websites that I could find um, and the ones that I usually use said that the number one song was, in fact, It's Gonna Be Me by NSYNC. So this is perfect segue. Have you seen the new Meow Mix commercial? <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. I saw it the other day and I was like, what has your life come to JC that this is what you're doing with your life? JC and the Meomics commercial was literally, I was like, oh no, the 2000s are over. We're officially, we're officially the generation where our stars can't get gigs and do cat food commercials. No. Oh God. I, uh, I, first of all, I, died i saw it for the first time today while i was watching um exorcist and so that was a, a weird place to watch it was the middle oh of do you have the do you have the hulu with commercials yeah <laughs> yeah no that's when i i saw it the other day because i was watching something on somebody else's like hulu with commercials and i was like oh i okay. sent it to like everyone i know except you because i wanted to bring it up on the podcast <laughs> I, nope. I, I like. I just stopped. I immediately started like researching it after. I was like, "Did this just come out? What is happening? Is that Jesse Chazé? Like, what are we doing?" Can, so the weirdest thing. Um, this is so far off topic, but I don't care because this is important information. The weirdest thing is that um, I saw that commercial, and then about two hours later, I saw an Elise Myers TikTok where she was deep diving into her reasons why she thinks NSYNC is getting back together because of an Instagram story that Justin Timberlake posted. I mean, here's the thing. Okay. So this is what the video, uh, Justin Timberlake posted, Justin Timberlake posted an Instagram video that was clearly in a studio and it was him and Lance and the side of a producer's head that was, the side of the producers had clearly looked like Joey Fatone and all the Instagram videos had was the eyeballs. Well, they, I will say the three of them, I think still like end up in studios and like do stuff together. Cause they're all still in the media world, yeah. but JC Chazé is not because he came yeah. out with his solo album that failed horribly. Um, but he came out with that and then fell off the face of the earth and like never came back. And then, uh, Chris, he got like married or something and is thriving. No, I lied. It wasn't Lance who was in the video. It was JC. It was JC in the video? J- <gasps> that's, yes. even, that's even that's, crazier. That's, yeah, because Elise is friends with Lance, so that wouldn't have made sense. Yes, it was JC who was in the video. Oh, because I remember I... she kept calling him, because I remember in the TikTok video, she kept calling him JC Chavez uh, or Chavez, <laughs> and then like her, but like not her like it was like right, an actor because right. she was being a character but like so her who was actually her was like Chazé like <laughs> then kept doing the inserts to be like that no but 
Yeah. What so. if I make a comeback with a Meow Mix commercial and then bring the band back together? Like, I'm right. here for it. I mean, those Kia Soul, Soul commercials did it for some song. I don't know what song. There was a song that really big again. I remember which one oh. was, though. With the hamsters. Do you remember? Yeah. I do remember. <laughs> what a way wasn't to make it the, Wasn't it the, like, Night at the Roxbury one? What is love? Oh, I think so. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, look. Marketing. Yeah. It's important, guys. So one day now that I'm gonna do it. Now that we have fallen so far off topic, it's okay because absolutely nothing happened this day. I was on page eight of the Google News search before I was like, "Fuck Mm-mm. it, I'm just saying nothing." Um, once you get past five, you you know you've gone into the abyss. So yeah, um, the episode was directed by Martin Wood, written by Tor Alexander Valenza, and the editor was Brad Rines. Excellent. Um, the guest star, weirdly, the two actual like recurring, like the two actual guests in this episode are people we've already talked about because it's weirdly a story that actually continued other stories. So the guest star I'm talking while the guest star I'm talking about is um the actress who played Lieutenant Astor. Because you know, that was a big part of the episode. Um that's the, the one I, re- I had to like rewind like five times. I was like, what am I missing? What's happening? What are we doing? Yeah. So her name is Lauren K. Robeck. Um, the K stands for Kristen. And most of her credits, actually, she was going by Kristen Robeck at the time that she was doing a lot of this acting. She is best known for the movies Cats and Dogs. Um, okay. The- <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, this episode of Stargate and... Um, Playing the mom in the movie The Edge of Seventeen. Oh, I really liked that movie. That was one of the first times I saw Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, like in a real, a real movie, not just like in passing. Yeah, empty. she has done an absolute boatload of Hallmark, like movies, TV shows, sure. all of it, all of the Hallmark. The way to go. I think she played the best friend to Meghan Markle in one of Meghan Markle's Hallmark movies, which makes me want to like shoot myself um <laughs> she was in an episode of dead like me um which one she, the uh, one where george goes camping with the happy time remember she has to go on that <laughs> retreat with the happy time people yeah. she was one of the people who was on the retreat um mm-hmm. so not really anything important uh but right. <laughs> um yeah. and she is actually from Ontario, and she went to York University, which is in uh, Toronto. I have friends who graduated from York, um, but also I have friends who uh, taught me when I was in college that um, in Toronto, people say, if you can hold a fork, you can go to York. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> so, I don't, I don't know if it's a good thing or not. Um but yeah, yeah, she seemed to do all right. She came out okay. Yeah, yeah she came out fine. Uh, so that is that episode. And let's get into it. Um, we start the episode back on the exact same shot of the Toker planet, which we talked about last week. Confused the shit out of me when I when it started yeah, playing. Like Thirty seconds into the season, and like it's running pretty consecutively yeah. which makes yeah. me feel hope for this season yeah um i was talking about the fact that um uh 
Freya, this is the third episode that her character is in. And I go, but Dan, it's better than that. It's not the third episode her character is in ever. It's the third episode in a row. In a row. <laughs> that her character is in. That's a big deal. So, like, I remember who she is still because I've still seen her in the last two episodes. Right. So, um, but so the Tok'ra are, what did I, sorry, I wrote these notes on my computer in a way that is really difficult to read. Because I did not, I thought my notebook was my bag and it wasn't. Um, so the Tok'ra are um, coming to Earth to have a meeting with the president. Um, and he has to appear before Congress. So they're like trying to negotiate the right time to do it. And the Tok'ra find out that like their existence is still a secret on Earth. And they're very confused by it. And they're like, you do not understand people. Mm. I don't understand how Earth works. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the high, and then the high counselor, like the high supreme, the supreme high counselor of the Toker high council comes in and he's the one who's going to meet with the president. And once he walks in the room, Graham just like suddenly goes fucking berserk and attacks literally everyone. Um, I want you to know, I want, I want him to be a witch because the supreme is like the highest level of witch. Yeah. And so that's how I wanted him to be. But I understand that he's not, which is no. disappointing. Don't worry. The rest of the episode makes up for it. It's fine. I got over yeah. it. Um, but so, like, nothing works to stop him. People are, like, shooting him all with, like, real guns, shooting him with Zach guns. Nothing is happening. He is absolutely lost. He's fine. And then he turns the weird gobbled device on his hand back on himself and just kills himself. Yeah. Yep. And that's, that's where we get the credits. <laughs> so, like, cool. Great. This is already going so well. Um, so then Sam shows up and she's like, what the fuck happened? And Jack's like, great question. Love to tell you. Don't know. Um, and Martouf is like, yeah, um, I don't believe you guys were complicit in this. Like, I don't, I don't think that you had anything to do with um, Major Graham's attack. And um, Freya's like, no, they couldn't have been because he was definitely a Zaytark. Yeah, I that meant nothing to me. Um, oh, but I was good. thrilled to see Martouf back. Yeah, no, um, don't worry. No one knew anything about a Zaytark. Jack was like, I thought they were calling him Zarks, but I think that's what jack was calling them at one point yeah so that's what i started calling them yeah no jack called them zarks he called them said something about a xanax detector he was mm -hmm. he just zach jack can't do words very well um and um so uh like starts to fight and he's like don't talk about this and freya is like um interestingly this episode just quick um Freya is always Freya for the whole episode. Her Gawuld does not speak one time. No anise. No anise. No anise. Um, but so Freya's like, no, it, it actually is. And she explains to Jack and Sam that there is this thing that she has been working on and trying to fix and like theories, but nobody on the high council like is like taking her seriously yet because it's not something they can really prove. But she believes that the Gawuld have developed like 
a mind control technology where they basically like implant false memories in your head with like programming and you have no idea that you're about to like kill someone and yourself until it happens yes no straight up (laughs) straight up it is literally that's literally what it is um yep (laughs) uh and so then basically it's like turns out like she's like i do have um oh it says uh i wrote which is a gold mind control um which puts in false memory which is not proven because uh, of course of course it isn't anise kind of always just jumps to conclusions that's what i wrote um but this means that any person who has been in contact with the gold in the last two months could possibly be affected um so the treaty summit uh may be compromised and the president might be the target because so it may be that someone has gotten information about this treaty to the gold so there's a lot also, of my question yeah why on earth is the president of the united states the one everyone is concerned about do you really think he's the first target for the gold like there's so many higher power people <laughs> the knox the as the correct no no, no. people like here's and this but they I'll really you. hardcore went into it and this is i will tell you exactly why because in the history of the gold no one really fights back like the Knox do their thing and they stay away. The Asgard do their thing and they stay away. And the Toker try to infiltrate it, but they're not very successful. Nobody fights back until Stargate appears and these humans come in. And these humans are American soldiers. And well then um Hand should be the target, not the president. The president's not doing it. Okay. But in every situation where anyone with any gold knowledge has been in contact with any of these people, with the Stargate, with everything, they have been introduced to this idea of the military. And every time something big happens, Hammond makes comments or goes back to needing to talk to the president. So in this very skewed singular lens look at what the world is the u.s president seems like he's a lot more powerful than he actually is Mm, that's true um another question on that topic yeah um hammond is talking to a doctor on the red phone i don't know if this is the scene of the next one but isn't that meant to be only for the president he's not no he's he only talks to the president in this episode he's called them he called him doctor did i mishear that I think you missed her. I, like, I just stopped and I was like, you can't use the red phone unless you're talking to the president. No, the only two people, the people. only two people who ever use the red phone. There's only two people who ever use the red phone. The president and his granddaughters. That's it. If he's on the right. red phone, if, if he's on the red phone, if he is on the red phone ever in the series, those are the only two people he's talking to. The president well, that's what and I his granddaughters. I must have yeah. just heard then. Yeah. Because I broke that down. I was like, what is happening? You can't talk to people on the red phone. No, no, no. He's talking to the president because he's talking about delaying the treaty mm-hmm. in case everything is wrong. Gotcha. So Freya has a way to um, figure out if someone is a Zatark 
but Martuf like strongly does not care for this. He's like, it's not tested. It, it might not work. I don't know about this. So they talk to SG one. It's decided. Blah blah blah. Sometimes things happen that we don't see. But the next thing we see is that Freya and Martuf go to SGC to test everyone. And um, then we see a cute scene where Hammond is talking to Fraser about what to do about it. Cause you know, we, Anise has a slash Freya has a really um, strong track record at SGC. <laughs> and so Hammond is like, um, what are we, what do we know? And um, Janet's like, absolutely nothing about before he left for the Toker or after when I examined his body told me anything was wrong with Graham. There is nothing. I can't do it. This alien tech, whatever it is, is beyond my understanding. So we are completely in the Tokra's hands, which everyone is thrilled about. Let me tell you, particularly uh, Jack. <laughs> he loves it. He does. He loves when other people are in charge. Um, so then they are like, okay, well, let's start with Major Graham's unit, because that's the most likely place for there to be other people infiltrated, like, sure. Zar whatever, Zarta, Zaytarkt. Zaytarkt. Um, so Lieutenant Astor is brought in, and, um... She goes for questioning, and the device that they use for questioning is basically like this really fancy lie detector. Um, but it can tell if you're lying, even if you don't know you're lying, because it basically takes. Oh, yeah. Just no, hold on. Let me finish my sentence, and then yes. I saw your face because you had something. Um, uh -huh. basically, it takes your conscious memory and your subconscious memory and lines them up and if they don't match there's a lie there which i think is a way cooler way to figure out if someone's lying than like their heart rate oh yeah heart rates lie my heart races they i'd lie on everything oh, yeah. i'd okay. lie about my name on accident I, like sometimes i lie and i literally don't know i'm lying i just genuinely forget what the fuck i'm talking about yeah so yeah. um i think <laughs> Because you know how I like to steal this technology and bring it to our world. Yeah. I think this technology could super be used for, like, Alzheimer's care. Like, you can help with, like, memories. You could test the different parts of the brain, maybe. Like, obviously, it's subconscious and amazing. conscious. But if you can, like, pinpoint yeah. more, like, areas of the brain, that would be so dope. So That's what I'm excited to choose for now. Your excitement, I thought you knew what the trivia for this episode was. Because there's only one person oh, I do for this episode. And it has to do with I made this. my own. Um, <laughs> this machine is very much the same machine as the Voigtkampf, which is what they use in the Blade Runner to detect if someone's a replicant or not. That like last year, yeah, I Blade Runner. Surprisingly, it was a little slow, but but yeah. Oh, I I have I still haven't seen Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, but I really liked the first um, one, and I think I watched it. I think. I, as as we all know, I'm watching them in order, and I think yeah. that one not, came up already. Not Blade. 
Blade oh, Runner. I don't think I haven't seen Blade Runner then. I'm no. making stuff up. No. Blade Runner. What is Blade Runner about? It's from the 80s. It's with um, Harrison, Harrison Ford. It is a <gasps> Oh it, no. It is um so Blade Runner is the name of the move is the name of the movie, but it's based on the book Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick, which is like a staple mm-hmm. in sci-fi mm-hmm. books. Mm-hmm. But um basically there are these things called replicants, which are look like humans, but they're not humans, and they're um they're androids. And um Harrison Ford is a police officer whose job is to find them. Um, but this machine that we see in this episode is the same machine that they use to detect the replicants in Blade Runner. I see. No, I am disconnected. Did they use something weird on people's brains in Blade? May not but, at all be related to this. And not at all. memory, even. Who knows? Well, but they're vamp- <laughs> Blade is about vampires. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Slightly different than androids. Very, very different than <laughs> and um, Stargate. So it's fine. You should watch it though if you haven't seen it. It's good though. It is. I just, as you were saying <laughs> that, I was, like, oh. I was like, <laughs> she is thinking of a different thing than I am thinking of. Hold on. Different world. Correct. Yeah. Um, you should also watch Blade Runner if you haven't. Um, I haven't. Yeah. So the device says that she is lying and she has a Zatar. Um, but in order to make sure before they do anything, they ask her to tell the story again. Because sometimes, um, they said sometimes it can, like, light up if the way you tell the story is, like, the wrong sequence of events from how it actually happened. Because technically what you're remembering and what actually happened are different. So they were like, just slow down and say everything that happened in that moment again. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. So, um, so... They don't really know what to do. They're going to, like, lock her up and try to figure it out. But um, Freya talks to Jack and Hammond about, like, a potential procedure that, like, may be able to remove um, the false memory, like, the programming under the false memories. But it attacks that part of the brain. So it may potentially ruin anything stored in that part of the brain. Yeah. So, you know, it's like when we used to lobotomize people did to they, fix their mental problems. <laughs> right. Did they say what part of the brain it was, or did I miss that? No, they just kept saying okay. that part of the brain. Okay. They didn't actually talk about what part of the brain it was. Would have been nice if they said what part it was. So I'm going to say it was the frontal lobe. So it's just like um, a alien tech lobotomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Sounds legit. Yeah, obviously. Um, that's exactly how Hammond feels too. Um, and Jack. Jack is he's smart. Jack is very anti lobotomy. Um, yeah. I mean, he's like anti anything he doesn't understand. Um, so I get it. Um, um, and which is funny because there's a lot he doesn't <laughs> understand. But if it's like, like military, he's like, yeah, that's fine. I understand the military enough to know that I don't understand anything going on and I'm okay with it. But like this is alien technology well, and I don't Yeah, and sometimes he's like he's like if it's something that he can defer to Sam or Jack and they or Sam or Daniel right. and they can just like nod their head at him, he's like, I respect that I am stupid. But if it's somebody else who is not Sam or Daniel telling him something, he does not respect that he is stupid. Like he's like, no, he's like I know absolutely. my limits. But my limits do not include you. He's like uh Parks and Rex. What's the guy's name? I know more than you. Just like 
You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, is that? Oh, I don't remember which character says that though. It's the it's the the main guy. I can't think of his real name or his character name at the moment, but like the manager guy. Oh, right, he's right, in the right. Hobby Lobby, and they like are asking him about tools, and he just hands them a piece of paper, and he's like, "I know more than you." Or he's like, "He's oh no no," he says, "I know more than you," and he hands another piece of paper later on, and he's like, "I make my own rules or something." Like yes, but yeah, yeah. Um, that is the one, the mustache one, who's married to Megan Mullally yeah. in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Nick Offerman is yes, yes, the man's name, but what? Yes, the character's no, name. I have no idea. Why? I am so dumb that I can't think of this. I know I know I haven't it. watched it in like eight years. Like, I don't know. I don't um, even know. No, my favorite scene in Parks and Rec will always be the time that um, April scheduled all of his meetings on March 31st because she didn't know that it was <laughs> a real day. It wasn't real. Yeah. Yes. That was so funny. Ugh. Um. So, Ron Swanson. That's his name. Yes. Uh, <laughs> see, you know everything. You don't even need a memory device. Yeah, you know, no. I need a memory device. I need it just like just for my general memories. Like you're like, I am don't I lying today? Like, did I yeah. did I make that up, or is this real life? Like, mm, so, um, it's fine. But basically, they decide that they're going to give Lieutenant Astor the choice herself because this procedure might kill her. But also, if they figure out what is the programming that's going to trigger, she's going to kill herself anyway. So, like. Right. Hmm. So you might die or you definitely will die. Like those are your options. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she good, agrees to yeah, she agrees to do it. Um, but the programming doesn't or the or she's really really scared in that scene where she's like terrified is really sad. Um, but then the procedure doesn't work because it just triggers the programming. So she starts yeah. trying to like shoot everybody. She steals a gun. Not cool, dude. Not cool. Um, and then because she doesn't have a fancy little gold device at the time, she just like blows her own brains out, which was a little heavy, actually. I literally, I literally wrote this is an intense episode. Like, this is wild. Yeah. So they decide to postpone the meeting with the president, which is this is when we see him on the phone with on the bread phone for the first time. And um, they're like, we need to just continue testing everyone. We need to know if there are any more Zaytarks on the base. And Jack's like, okay, so who's up next? And she goes, SG-1. So, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Are you the wolves? Great. So SG-1 is next. And they each go through their story of what happened um, when they went to the Apophis, blow up Apophis's new ship. Um, and they're all telling the story of the upgrades episode from their own point of view. And it turns out that when Jack and Sam were both unconscious after their bracelets fell off, it is possible that they were contacted by the Bugawold because they are the only two who are testing positive for lying and potentially being Zaytark. Oh no. And then we have a scene where Jack and Sam are talking to each other about it and they are both afraid it might be true. Like there's a part of them that's like, what if we really don't remember that? Well, like how are you how are you right? Like, like they're like doubting like their they're like states. doubting their own memories. They're like, because we wouldn't yeah. even know. Like and it was so sad when Sam was like, Is there any part of you that's afraid it could be true? And Jack was like a little bit, yeah. 
And when she was like, don't come near me, I might have this. He's like, oh, I might have too. I'm in the room across the hall from you. Like, yeah. She was like, I don't know what's going to trigger me. And he goes, us. And she goes, I'm sorry, who, what? Yeah. Um, but no one's else affected, is affected. So, um, the summit's back on, but Jack and, uh, Sam are being like locked away while this is happening. Um, and then Freya goes to apologize to Jack and thank him for saving her life like three or four times. And then she just like kisses him. She's so shady. I don't trust her. I still don't trust her. I know we've seen her three episodes in a row. I still don't trust her. She's trying to move in. I think it's uncomfortable. It didn't feel shady. It just felt... Oh, no. It's not like in a, like, I'm trying to trick you because I'm a Tok'ra and I'm trying oh. to do this way. Like, in a shady, like, I'm a bad person. You shouldn't like me way because I'm trying to get in the way of other stuff that's going on in your life. Like, Sam. Oh, yeah. See, I can understand why you would feel that way. I just felt like it was a... Have you ever just, like, read the signals from someone entirely wrong and been so embarrassed you didn't know how to, like, function? so many times so many times in my life i had secondhand embarrassment for her mm. like she like, took too long to like figure it out though she like yeah. really dove in well like i don't know if you remember last summer when i went on my first date with dan and i literally it wasn't until he said at the end of the date that he hadn't talked to his family about what was going on with us yet because he didn't want to get their hopes up that I was sure that it was a date because I had convinced myself that I had read every signal he sent me entirely wrong. Oh, I, I recall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I'm felt familiar. all of that for her in that moment. Okay, but like, she's known him for like three days. Like, this is a little different. Yeah, but literally the first thing he said to her was that she was hot. Well, well, yeah, but, you know. So, obviously, I am in fully invested. <laughs> I just don't like her. I'll think of a reason later, as okay. the great Carrie Clark says. Um, But it was so, she kissed him, and then she goes, oh, do you? She's like, my, my uh, symbiote would rather I chose Daniel, but she'll have to suffer in silence. And the two I was men like, that always get us into trouble with women. Great. Right, Those are the two we're choosing between. But also, could you imagine if I was like, hey, Courtney, I think you're really hot. And like the intelligent part of me wishes I picked your best friend, but I'm going to fuck you <laughs> instead. I would cry. Just write that in there. I like, <laughs> I would just burst into tears. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even know how to respond. <laughs> Thank like, it's nice to be attractive, but, like, I definitely am, like, way smarter. <laughs> I feel like, like, right. in general. Um, and um, she's like, oh, you're involved with someone else. And he literally just goes, that's not really the point. Um, and then he gets awkward as shit. And you're like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, after the most awkward scene on the entire history of the show, um, more awkward than Daniel not knowing he was getting married in the movie. Um, sure. 
That was the best scene in this entire show. <laughs> only Freya, good thing about the movie. Freya goes back to um, Hammond and everyone, and she's like, I'm a little worried because I think that um, Jack and Sam might try to kill themselves anyway. Little Romeo and if- Juliet action. No, I don't. I don't I think know it's it that, that way, but it's not. <laughs> um, she's just like, like to add a little extra drama when I yeah, can. She's like, because I think the reason that, like, the one of the things that caused the triggering of what happened with Lieutenant Astor was the programming not being able to be completed. So if they can't complete the program, they might just like harikari anyway. Um. So. Martouf goes to Sam and tells him or tells her that she's like, I, he's like, you, these are your options. Um, you can like try again, or you can like maybe try to kill yourself anyway when the president gets here <laughs> and we don't let you out of the room. Right. And Sam's like, Whew, Sophie's choice, my dude. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, which, really funny story, a couple years ago, my friend kept saying things were a Sophie's Choice about, like, really minuscule, like, awful things about, like, <laughs> which... one was. That like, was, like, which a mimo- for a while. Yeah, she, he's, like, which mimosa to drink? Ugh, Sophie's Choice. And I was like, do you know what that movie's about? And I explained what Sophie's Choice actually was, and everyone was like, we're fucking horrible human beings. Yeah. Like, I know the, I haven't, I've not seen it, full disclosure, yeah. but I, I am very familiar with, like, what it is. Yeah. Um, this one actually could be a little bit considered like that. I mean, there's death like, involved, so yeah, it's, sure. It's like, do I potentially kill myself now or potentially kill myself later? Right. Um, so Daniel does the same for Jack. He's the bearer of bad news there. Um, and then Jack like awkwardly trauma dumps everything that happened to Freya on Daniel, including saying that the snake wanted to date Daniel. That's just and like, that's so awkward. And then he just silently stares at a yogi. And Daniel says. <laughs> These are the Jack O'Neill moments I'll miss the most. <laughs> My Daniel was like, what is this show? Why do we watch this? How is he after today? Is he surviving? Because I'm a little I'm a little shook after watching our two episodes and if him to go through um, this, not to be as invested. <laughs> well, I think I think anything that he felt after the shows was then ruined by my complete mental breakdown. After both of the shows, completely unrelated to the show's audience. Don't worry, I'm just mentally unstable. Um, Look, she's and, been on a plane. Yeah, I flew. I'm jet lagged. I'm hormonal. I'm I'm somebody. It's not me though. Um, so, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know her. I don't know her. Um, so then they decide that um, they're not going to do the procedures they're just gonna sedate jack and sam while the president's there and deal with it after yeah. just like save that for later right which also potentially gives them the time to study their brain scans while they're sedated and potentially figure out a way to deal with this so like not the worst idea but jack is like you know what 
no. I really don't want to be a vegetable. And I really also don't want Sam to kill herself. So just do it to me. We'll figure it out. Um, it'll just save me. It, like if it if it works and I'm saved, great. And if not, then you can save Sam. Right. Yeah, like he uh really throws himself uh, away very quickly in a lot of situations. Like we've already found a way to delay this and you're like you know what jk like this is the romeo and juliet part of it yeah for sure just kill me it's fine and then we'll like figure out the rest later and it's like no we need you both alive to figure out the rest later like (laughs) um and sam is like devastated which like fair um and then we just like move on from that real fast and Persis arrives uh to a very decked out gate room and we're getting ready for the president uh hammond is gonna go retrieve him on the surface everything's gonna be great um and then janet starts to sedate sam and sam is like not responding very well to the sedative uh which also just happens all randomly all the time in the show they i don't know why after this many times of sedating these people they haven't figured out what dosage of the sedative works for them and like obviously sam needs a slightly higher dose because she still has gold protein in her system but like Mm -hmm. she doesn't need a teal dose but like you would think that janet would have figured it out by now yeah for sure for sure um but when she does start to sedate her um sam starts having flashbacks and memories and um tells janet that they aren't aren't um i was just about to say krakatoa daytarks yeah I was they also they are krakatoa <laughs> but uh they're not it's not roanoke we're in the wrong universe i literally could not think of what the word daytark was and the only word i could think of was krakatoa I was like, that was a harder word to remember, but but I get it. I get it. That would have also been like I get Krakatoa before I get Zaytark. So like, you know. Um. So then, uh, all, Janet like runs in and makes Freya stop the procedure, and they bring Sam in. And Sam's like, can we talk alone for a second? So everybody leaves the room. And she's like, Jack, we aren't Daytarks. He's like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah. It's said we're lying because it's, they don't say this, but they made a very big point when, we, when they were testing Lieutenant Astor to ask her about her emotions and how she felt mm-hmm. during it. Because your emotions do indicate how you remember things. And she's like, she's like, we weren't lying. I mean, we kind of were because it's something that we don't talk about. Never and, he, track. and she just, he just goes, oh, that. <laughs> they're both just like obviously blatantly ignoring it, but both know they're ignoring it. Like, right. And that's the thing, like being based on emotions. If you ask me to tell you the story now and you ask me to tell you the story six hours from now, you're going to think I'm a Zaytark. It does not matter what the story is, and it yeah. does not matter how I feel about it. My emotions will have changed at least right, enough but, that it will make a difference. But if you remember how you felt in that moment, 
Like, I that's I'll, how, that's I'll how. feel like I felt a different way. I'll get, like, oh, well, angrier about it. And I'll be like, oh, I was so worked up. And I would not have been. <laughs> I would have not been at all. <laughs> so you are just mm, not stable. But so Sam's like, okay, a lot please, of emotions. please retest Jack. So they retest Jack. And... This was so yeah. cute and so awkward. <laughs> so they're like, "Why? Like, how? Why didn't you leave?" And he's like, "Because I didn't want Sam to die." And they're like, "That's it." And they kept pushing to make sure that he wasn't like lying. And he was like, "Well, because I the C four was going to explode, and I would have rather died myself than lose Carter." And they were like, "Why?" He almost cried. He goes, why? Yeah, like, like you don't know. And he goes, because I care about her a lot more than I'm supposed to. And I just squealed. Uh, we've made it. We've made it to real acknowledgement of this relationship. Uh, and then, um, when he says that and he looks at her, uh, his lying thing goes all the way back down to not lying at all. Mm -hmm. So then they retest Sam and they don't show us the same thing, but basically they show us that she's also, when she admits how she feels about Jack, telling the truth. Yeah. And um, no, we don't really address the fact that Tilk and Janet are both very uncomfortable with what just happened. As everyone would be. Although, like, oh. it's not like it's not obvious. Like, you are you, you're surprised? You're surprised by this? Like, you totally knew. Like, Janet and Sam have talked about this before. Right. Um, but it's also never been, like, official on record kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, Tilk is just like, why? Okay. Um, it's just like this. Why is but, this even an issue? Why are we dealing with this? Well, but also because Teal comes from a world where the rules of the military are so important, and they're soldiers and feelings. There's mm -hmm. not time for that, right? Um, and it can compromise missions, right? Absolutely, focused on each other. Um, and but then Sam is like, you know, nothing has to leave this room. Like we don't ever have to talk about this again. And I, it's not a, like, I don't want to. It's like a, we both know we, this cannot be a thing. Because, you know, she's a major and he's a colonel and also her direct in command. And yeah. Um, but then uh, they're like, I don't really know what to do next because we've tested everyone on the base and no one here is a Zaytark and we tested everyone coming in from uh, the planet and they should, and they're all fine too. So everything should be okay. And Jack brings up the point that nobody's fucking addressed so far. And he's like, what about you Freya? And she goes, well, I haven't been off world in more than two months. So like, wow. I wouldn't, no, I don't think she was. She was like, I haven't, she's like, I haven't been, I've been in a lab for the last two months. I haven't been in any contact with anyone to ever even have been at risk. Turns out there's one person on this entire little excursion that nobody tested, though. And that person 
I smiled too. I literally, my notes start with, oh my gosh, my favorite person's back. And they end with, not my tooth. That's all. That's uh, literally start to finish. I go, I started the episode by going, Dan, just warning you, someone really important is going to die today. And then he started listing all of the people he thought it could be. And I go, no, not that important. Um, he is that important. No, he is. But his first two guesses were were Hammond and Frazier. And I go, no, not like that. No. Our show's still going on the same way as it has. Correct. It, it's not affecting the day-to-day of the episodes. Just my heart. It's fine. I go, only like second tier important, not first tier important. Um, but so Martouf, they bring in the president, which is the triggering event for Martouf's programming. Um, he starts to shoot everybody. Um, when he goes to turn the gun on himself, he looks to Sam and asks her for help and she kills him with the Zap gun rather than him killing himself with the gold tech so that there's a chance for them to still be able to use his brain to figure it out and study him. So sad. So smart. So sad. Also good for fucking General Hammond because guess what? That wasn't the president. He he was not about to risk the president's life. No, No. And he apologizes to Persis. He's like, I'm very sorry to have lied to you, um, but I wasn't sure we were could trust it yet and persis is not mad he's like hopefully that is the last time either of us has to deceive each other in any way because i feel you man um and of course i'm sure persis is also upset because martuf is very important to the tokra and he's Um, the kindest human or tokra yeah um but you gotta kill him because he was the only person that Sam had a maybe thing with, we gotta get rid of him so she can have her thing with Jack. So I get it. I get it. Okay, if, if we're getting rid of the things that are standing in the way of Sam and Jack, we also have to get rid of the entire military. And right, we'll do it. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> do you have any questions, comments, concerns? I'm angry. That's fair. That's fair. I'm sad. Because I love Martouf. I do love Martouf. Um, I am singularly focused all of the time, though, and I care much more about the fact that Jack told Sammy. Totally fair. I I also reacted to that, but then Martouf died, and I reacted to that. And I was like, now I just have emotions. There's just too many floating around. Yeah. Um, Speaking of emotions. And I like, uh, I also don't think that we're going to go like directly back to the Jack and Sam thing for like at least a few episodes. So if not season. um, So I I wasn't like, like, I'm thrilled. It it is Stargate and we've seen how they handle love in the past. So, um, Maybe season seven. If if the Daniel Share story is anything to go off of, Jack and Sam won't get together till at least season seven. 
All right. So I don't want to get myself into that headspace. <laughs> I'm never going to see it again. So, you know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, with the headspace that you are in, though, um, who do you want to punch? Right. I'm telling you, I just don't like her. I don't like her. I don't trust her. I think she's going to do something bad. I understand she has not really yet. She's done things that didn't make sense and that were like a little shady, but like ended up fine in the end. But just not for me. Not it. My problem is the person who I think made the biggest mistake in the episode is Martouf because he should have been tested when Persis and the other guards were tested. Yeah. But I also can't bring myself to punch him when he, on his death day um, because he's actually a good person who didn't deserve to die. Right. So um, I think that the person I will have to punch would be um, uh, that guard who gave Jack a real funny look after Freya kissed him. Because I can't think of anyone else. <laughs> That's fair. I feel like like not really anyone else was. Yeah, and there was not really a, the thing is wrong. The thing is, we were dealing with bad guy tech and things that made good people do bad things. We weren't dealing mm -hmm. with a bad guy. Bad people. This episode. Right. So that makes it tricky. Um, but of course, that's one of the thing, great things to love about sci-fi is that there's not always a bad guy. Yeah. Um, who is your MVP? Sam. Because she figured it all out. She saved everyone's lives. And in the end, she held Martuf as he died. She just was MVP. No doubt. Yeah. Um, Jack is mine, obviously, because he, yeah. when he said, I care about her more than I'm supposed to, uh, I melted. And I don't think I will be unpuddled for quite some time. He would have been my, like, other MVP if I hadn't gone with Sam. I mean, and Sam's definitely the more plot-wise mm -hmm. important character. But I love Richard Dean so much. Feel that. So, you know, there's that. Um, well, next week, we are going very far away from what we've we've been working with. I mean, we did have three episodes in a row that were connected. Get my hopes up just to tear me I down. Know. We we did have three episodes in a row that were connected, so we do have to kind of take a step back for a second. But the episode we're about to watch is one of the highest rated and most talked about episodes of the show. Ooh. So it's not necessarily a bad thing that we're taking a step back okay, okay um so with that if you have any questions comments concerns stories about people you've met at comic cons things that you want to do cleaning tips for courtney um and her insights domestic life to the i've cleaned everything it's done now mm -hmm. um insights into insane getting back together 
Right. Yeah. All of these things are important information. Please email us at deathandaliens at gmail.com or follow us on any of the social media at Death and Aliens. You can also follow me everywhere at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And you can follow me at cecloud13. And with that, we will see you on Thursday for what will be one of the best Thriller Thursday episodes in quite some time. I can just tell you right now. I will tell you, I was starting to lose faith in the, in the show. I was not feeling connected enough. And then I watched the episode and I was like, all right, I'm in. Let's do this. Yeah. So. If you want if you want to hear my reaction to this episode, which I'm sure you do, you've got to turn it on Thursday. I haven't heard it yet, but you definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We will see you all then. Bye. Bye.